0: Hello, Tim Bellpot listener. I just wanted to throw out a bit of a disclaimer that these early episodes, we were still figuring it out, and we got better in pretty much every way. Definitely audio, storytelling, joke telling, research. So, um, you know, maybe start with episode 20, but if you still want to see what the growing process was like for us continue listening to these early ones because i could see how that's fun but um just know it gets better hi guys i just wanted to let you know that since the last disclaimer we've gotten so much better at making disclaimers like for example um this one has lasers this one has some dinosaurs i even talk like a robot in this one And if you want to listen to an episode like without any disclaimers, I would say um, maybe like 27, I think Bruiser Brody, I think that was like the first episode where we figured out kind of, oh, this is what we do. So yeah, no disclaimers on that one. Um, I mean, you can listen to this old ass episode. I wouldn't, you know, (laughs) and I fucking wrote it and edited it and researched it and all right, well... Uh, Enjoy this episode. So as a
1: chef... I was pretty pumped to find out that Luna Vachon's son Van was on season six of Hell's Kitchen, which is one of my favorite shows. You fucking twat. Yeah. (laughs) Which the side note on this show is that sometimes I feel like they'll put in like an actor to like stir up shit and like (laughs) like get into like Gordon's face or whatever, and that made me mad. And then I was like, wait, I've watched pro wrestling for thirty fucking years. Why am I mad about this fake drama? But anyways, uh, Van... Because that's real to you, Dan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, something about it maybe, man. But before the graphic even comes up, you can tell that is that's Luna's son. He's like this <laughs> big dude. He has this huge personality... Uh, he could have been a great pro wrestler, but he picked the only other industry that leads to alcohol and drug abuse: <laughs> the culinary industry. I thought uh, you were gonna say
2: stand-up comedy. Yeah,
1: uh, that too. Uh, but uh, he's 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 actually he's a really badass chef. I think he does some like swanky barbecue uh, restaurant now. On the first day, you have to cook Gordon your signature dish, and he made uh, foie gras with minted caramel. Which uh, it's pretty good. And Gordon liked it a lot, which has a pretty ball, ballsy ditch. What's too. Fog Rogan? Uh, duck Lover. Oh, Usually, yeah. Duck Lover. So, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen this Hell's Kitchen from
2: 2009, <laughs> um, uh, quit listening to the episode. He, uh, yeah, stop, right now. <laughs> stop right now. Go watch Hell's Kitchen <laughs> episode 2009. It's uh, like if we did a Savage episode and you had seen WrestleMania 3. Yeah. Same thing.
1: Uh, he made it to the Black Jackets, which, if you're a fan of the show, you know that's a big deal. But he was eliminated in sixth place. Uh, but he does come back for the All-Star Season 17, which I haven't seen yet, so you can spoil it for me if you want. And uh, he comes back for one night on Season 9 to uh, be part of the Veteran Chef uh, team. So I thought it was cool. It was like worlds colliding does he I actually mean. does he bring that up? Does he do a promo? No, does they he... never mentioned Luna the whole time. Which, but also no other chef on there is like, my mom's a cook, or, you know, my my dad's an
3: electrician. Well, if so. he was on Chopped, he definitely would.
1: Yeah, yeah, like yeah, 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 like yeah. <laughs> his dead mom would be all they talked about on Chopped <laughs> like the entire show. I do a bit about that. Uh, uh,
3: uh, yeah, but he should like he should have brought it up like when if there was ever a time where Gordon like got in his face and started yelling at him, he looked right <laughs> at Gordon I'm like This is nothing This is nothing compared <laughs> to what my <laughs> mother used to say. <laughs>
2: my mom had a mohawk.
3: <laughs> Dear God. Like my mom used to yell at me and it would I don't think it would have, it never really affected me. But if my mom was Luna (laughs) Vachon, I would have been the most well-mannered young man in the history of the world.
2: Is that my mom or a demon from the pits of hell?
3: (laughs) Am I a demon from the pits of hell? (laughs) Now I'm questioning everything. I'm on Hell's Kitchen. No! Oh,
1: Wow. All right, welcome to Tim Bell Pod, where we discuss the life and death of pro wrestlers and not Hell's Kitchen. I am. We should do a different (laughs) Hell's Kitchen episode. Uh, I am half chef, half comedian, Nick Alexander, which is the worst kind of X Men you can be. I am joined by non chef Michael Loving, half
3: movie guy, half asshole. I I give Uh, up.
1: And a pro wrestler, maybe with a merit badge and campfire cooking. Oh,
3: hold on a second, sir. Half pro wrestler, half meat prepper, okay? like, like I've, I've, As soon as we're done here, I've got a meat parade I have to get ready for. I've <laughs> got an entire week of meals I have to prep for, all right?
2: Meat parade says so much. <laughs> that, of course, is
1: the men scout Jake Manning. Meat parade. Uh, <laughs> uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, please remember to like, subscribe, review, and share on mm. wherever you listen to podcasts. We are available on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, CastBox, and ManScout's YouTube page.
3: Which is a larger platform than CastBox and Stitcher combined. Huh.
2: So I'm, what you I, know. I, Till we did this, I hadn't even heard of those. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but you've heard about the man and YouTube page. Of course, that definitely I'm about a that. So...
2: Alright, so today we
1: are covering the original anti-diva. One of the most influential trend-setting women's wrestlers of all time. Gertrude Elizabeth Fashan, And I believe the kids know her as Luna.
2: And that's why she's called Luna. That's why she had to do all this shit, because people called her Gertrude, <laughs> because they had she had to deal with that, much like it's coming from a person called Micah Loving, who had to grow up with the name of Loving, who got shit constantly. I understand the Gertrude uh, animosity, and coming from uh, the Mad Dog era, Vashon. Not Vashon, Vashon. So well, yeah, I, I, I was Nicholas, and people called me Nicholas, <laughs>
1: and I didn't even get mad because that is clever as shit. All right. So, uh, Gertrude was born January twelfth, nineteen sixty-two, in Atlanta, Georgia, to Charles Wilkerson and Rebecca Van Piris, but later was adopted by Butcher Vashan in nineteen sixty-six when he married her mom, Rebecca. So Butcher even continued to raise Luna as his own daughter, even after his marriage to Luna's mom split. So that's pretty cool. Um, via the adoption, Luna became part of the legendary French-Canadian wrestling family, the Vachants. And family members include her dad, Paul Butcher Vachon, his brother, Maurice Matdog Vachon, both AWA and NWA veterans. Uh, Luna would even get her trademark voice, Trying to mimic her uncle Matt Dog. Also, part of that family was Luna's aunt Vivian Vashon, who was an AWA Women's Champion, and she was Luna's hero. Uh, if you can, if you watch any shoot or any interview, Luna
2: just loves her. She's so proud of her. Also, there uh, there is a 1973 wrestling documentary which focuses on male professional wrestlers and female professional wrestlers, which for 1973. Hell of a progressive choice. Yeah, right. um, it's called The Wrestling Queen. I don't know... I know what's on the internet if you're savvy on internet uh, torrents and such, but um, The Wrestling Queen features uh, Vivian Rashawn, and it's got some good footage of her.
1: And uh, she, Luna would say uh, Vivian wrestled like one of the guys, and she was very proud of that. It's something she modeled herself after. She enjoyed that she actually did wrestling instead of some of the cat fighting hair pulling nonsense that a lot of promotions put on and which she truly hated (laughs) so as a kid luna would go to events with her family and play around in the ring which often led to her getting shown a thing or two from wrestlers in the www.com WWWF. Uh,
3: <laughs>
2: this is 1942
3: yeah they lost a W for every year so I mean like you know finally they're just like alright we have no more W's to give right, right, right. and then we got no more F's to give so <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> Can I, I don't know if I can do a rim shot on a table <laughs> so <laughs>
1: Luna said all she ever wanted from the age of three was to be a pro wrestler and be a women's champion However, her family did not want her getting into the wrestling business.
2: Anyway. Which was all they did. Yeah,
1: no, way. Yeah, <laughs> very weird, right? Uh, Luna was even close friends with Andre the Giant, and he even tried to talk her out of it. And I hear that is often the case with pro wrestlers. It's such a brutal business, and you want better for your kids.
3: Yeah, and it's especially for female wrestlers at the time. You know, you talk about Vivian, and you think of the time that she was wrestling and traveling and touring, I, I always think back to, you know, I always think about, like, female pro wrestlers, you know, a lot of, just even, like, traveling today. Think about it. You're driving late at night, you know, by yourself, checking a hotel by yourself. You know, that's, you know, depend, you know it's kind of a, a worrisome thing. And when she was doing it, that was prime <laughs> serial killer. Here,
2: that's, yeah, that's,
3: right? I that mean, was it, just, Mwah. Exactly. There weren't, there weren't <laughs> any safeguards. You're going to a hotel. No. Like, I, I had... You know, many conversations with Tracy Brooks, and she would talk about staying in some hotels where she's like, oh, I don't feel safe staying in this hotel. So she would take all the furniture and move it in front of the door because she didn't think that the door locks worked well enough. So like, And that's just even in 2005, 2006. And
2: I did that last year when I went to a UFC show in Virginia by myself. It was at the corner of this thing. Pushed all the furniture against the door. And I'm a guy.
1: <laughs> oh, not me. I drive 8 hours to Indianapolis, <laughs> do my hour set, 30 minute set, go sleep at a truck stop. <laughs> Fucking murder me. Do it. I don't care. Michael Jordan's uh,
2: dad didn't eat your shit.
1: <laughs> he did it. Uh so uh Luna's family did not want her in the wrestling business. I treated the opposite in comedy. Anytime someone like, wants to be a comedian, I'm like, "Sure. How hard can it be? You just go up there and talk." <laughs> And as the light escapes their eyes, I absorb their hope and innocence, and it makes me a better comic. And it's only when I run out of souls to feed on that I will finally die. I love you and Freddy Krueger. (laughs) So, despite the best wishes of Luna's family, um, at the age of 16, she began training with her aunt, Vivian. And apparently, Vivian worked very stiff with her, again, just trying to convince her to not be a wrestler. Trying to beat her up. (laughs) But Luna was as tough as she was, passionate about the business, and she eventually headed to Columbia, South Carolina, where she would train with the fabulous moolah who, despite her name, is not a fabulous person. I was about to make a joke. It's like,
2: yeah, truly fabulous in every way and just lay on the sarcasm really yeah. thick.
3: Oh, and they always would just say, oh, she's a shrewd businesswoman.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, was, that
3: was always the line.
2: That's that's the dressing up. That's like the... the, the, the Calling a woman wild or. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
3: exactly. And like. Shrewd. And, and Mula, she was. She would do these things. Like, she didn't want these girls to go out and make money outside of the umbrella of the fabulous Mula. So much, in fact, that she would teach the girls. Um, how to wrestle from the right side as opposed to the left side, which is traditionally how pro wrestling is done where you wrestle all from the left side. Is that
2: just a TV thing or is that just in general? It's just
3: in
1: general. You mean like working the leg? Because I I, I think I heard that in, in America... Uh, you work the left leg but then in Mexico oh, right, left, the left side and then in Mexico they work the right side yeah. so that gets like confusing, gets so, confusing. So, what? I never so, so what
3: she does is she teaches her female wrestlers to all work the right side so if they try to go and work somebody uh, else they can't do it so it's like you can only work my girls my girls can only work each other and if you try to break out you'll be all confused and the match won't go as well because you're wrestling from a different side yeah, yeah, yeah. that also shows how little she thought of them that she they couldn't just, you know. <laughs> I'll do the other leg. <laughs> yeah, you know, I have no idea. It's it's tough to do. It's it's hard to out. I mean,
2: yeah, I, I'm obviously a noob, and I'm talking out of ignorance. But it like, it, and it's, it's, it's so, a so specific prevel- art to each
3: side. It's so it's it's so prevalent too. Like you almost get kind of like. You know, muscle memory. Muscle memory like turned a certain way. Yeah. I remember like Caleb Connolly was like complaining that his back he goes he goes, I feel like my hips are uneven from wrestling from the left side my entire life. And also I feel too- like my whole body's ruined. Yeah, exactly. Like and also too, he's a lefty, so he's always doing from the left, so he's like he's like I feel like I'm always turned forward from the left in all moments in time. So So uh do we want to get all the
2: Mula stuff out of the way? You want? I'll take. We'll we're, we'll eventually do a uh, a
1: roast of Mula episode.
2: Here, I'll just get that out of the way. Gangrel quote: She's basically a pimp. She's yeah. a pimp. Oh yeah. Um. And then uh, Luna claimed, which I mean, she uh, she had to pose at the age of sixteen. So it was she was clothed, but she bent over something and took pictures for the leading local cardiologist in Arizona, which I thought was a very specific, Ish, interesting was, thing. That was so a like, big you know, thing
1: Moolah did. She essentially pimped out her girls. Uh, a lot of stories about it, which we will get into eventually whenever we cover that garbage can of a person. Which,
3: <laughs> which is why it's called the Mae Young Classic. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. They tried to do the Mula, and then the internet was like, you know what?
3: <laughs> which, which is funny is... I, somebody who's entrenched in professional wrestling, hadn't heard a lot of even just those stories that you just put out there. I always heard the words, oh, she's a shrewd businesswoman. Yeah. That was always just how it was referring Because back
2: it. in the day of wrestling, they were all kind of.
3: And like I said, road. and I always heard the story about her teaching the girls from the right. to the left side, I'm like, oh, those those are those are the awful things that Moolah did. And then come to find out, like, oh, no.
2: Drop in the bucket. Whoa. Much darker. <laughs> And apparently she liked to bed them and take 25% of everything and all types of fun stuff. So uh, it's important to note also that
1: Luna did go to get trained and this would upset her family enough that they completely quit talking to her. Although eventually they would come around. Uh, I think so. So after training with Mula and dodging Mula's attempts uh, to prostitute her out to other men, uh, Luna moved to Florida. But uh, well, that never happened. <laughs> competing under her uh, ring name Angel Vashon, and she was also part of a four-woman traveling troupe led by Mad Maxine. Uh, while in Florida, she was roommates with uh, wrestlers NWA Junior Heavyweight Champion Downtown Denny Brown and
2: Scott Levy, who is So Raven. When you said NWA that time, the way you said NWA immediately made me think of Dr. Dre and Easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's like we say it sometimes on this podcast because it's wrestling. Yeah. But the way you said that one, I was like, yeah. <laughs> I, I hope <laughs> there's like one person who listens to our podcast who's
1: like, how big was that rap group? Like, <laughs> 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 Brick House Brown,
2: like, Ole Anderson. <laughs> Easy motherfucking easy. straight out of Memphis.
3: <laughs> well, it's all that attitude you say it was. Oh well, yeah. It, <laughs> it was the attitude era it, it, as they it, said. It is most certainly with attitude. <laughs>
2: So in
1: uh, 85, she debuted in Florida Championship Wrestling as Trudy Hurd, a journalist from the Sports Review magazine. Oh my god. And while giving Kendall Wyndham a trophy for Wrestler of the Month, a huge fight broke out between Wyndham and Kevin Sullivan's Army of Darkness, which led to Luna being
2: slapped but luckily not murdered by Kevin Sullivan. Can we just talk about, find this clip on YouTube. It's on YouTube, yeah. She gets the shit slapped <laughs> out of her. It is so audible, and it's that dead thick slap where you're like, she might be out. Yeah. I mean, it is it is vicious. And with the the whole thing, she gets up, crying. She's over emotional, and she gets in the back. It's like, is that all you got?
1: <laughs> so uh, soon after, she'd be kidnapped, had her had her head shaved, be brainwashed, and become <laughs> part of Sullivan's army. With the new ring name Luna
0: Vashon,
1: <laughs> uh, Luna being a play on lunatic, and not a reference to the moon or those healthy snack bars, which is <laughs> oh.
2: something I found out. Wait, wait. I want to argue that a lot.
3: <laughs> which I find is funny. Like I didn't. It just now clicked in my head, um, the idea of like a slap and then kidnap and all this stuff. Like I, I didn't realize the correlation between that Luna Vashon's transformation into Luna Vashon is very similar to Sue Young's tranf- transformation to the Undead Bride. Mm-hmm. The way she became the Undead Bride is she got slapped so hard by Soraya Knight <laughs> that she turned crazy. Wow. Which is why I, I always heard how that, that transformation came to be. So it's funny that she patterned herself out of Luna Vashon, which goes to probably a conversation a later about that's the, kinda the, awesome. the influence of yeah. Luna Vachon. But I, since we're just talking about that right now, I figured I'd slide that right. That, that's
2: point. beautiful.
1: Also, what's a scarier phone call after abducting a person, uh, getting a phone call from Liam Neeson or Mad dog Vachon? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Which, one? Which one? I'm going to go with Liam Neeson because you can't hear mad dog clearly enough. And you're like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Repeat yourself. <laughs>
3: Yeah, what, what era are we talking about here? Because <laughs> then we're going to talk about landline connections or cell phone connections. Like international cell phone connections. Are we, I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't With speak. Mad
2: Dog, all you got to do is like drive down the road to another motel. <laughs> I mean, because he's not going to find you there. Yeah.
1: All right. Also, uh, while during her time in Florida, Luna would first wrestle Medusa, or if you're a fucking Mark, Alundra Blaze. Oh. And Luna and Medusa would wrestle each other their entire careers. So over the next three years, Luna traveled to Japan and Puerto Rico, <laughs> where her, uh, Butcher Bashan was her manager.
3: <laughs> what was that? So- sounds just like a rap group, right? What was
1: that? <laughs> you sounded like
2: you sounded like Donald Trump trying to convince people that you're not racist. <laughs> Puerto Rico, I
1: love the people of Mexico. <laughs> All right. Uh, she wrestled in Dave McLean's Powerful Women of Wrestling, and Dave McLean is the founder of Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling and the not-as-popular normal women who don't even wrestle.
3: <laughs> oh. Yeah, because there was a lot of inclinations that Dave McLean was involved in, and now he's involved in WOW, and just...
2: It was all women
1: stuff? He
3: was always trying to push something Is that forward. like a
2: Cheerleader Melissa? Was that that... Or who am I thinking
3: of? She, I guarantee, she did some sort of inclination that Dave McLean did yeah, because yeah, she's yeah, yeah. on the West Coast. Because
2: like when ROH was big, there was a female promotion that was big. What am I blanking? I rumor.
3: There's always, there's always something. Uh, there's always something brewing with David McLean. Always, like he was always, like it would be powerful women in wrestling, right? Instead of uh, gorgeous and be glorious, you know. Uh, and okay. he put an extra. This is a weird. He would qu- he would take the W that fell off the W W W pick it up and put it on a glow or a pow or whatever.
1: So in the early nineties, Luna managed the Black Hearts out of Stu Hart's Stampede Wrestling, which is not a rap group. If you're confused. <laughs>
2: Uh, Stampede. That's definitely a rap the, group.
1: The, the team consisted of Tom Nash and David Heath. David Heath, of course, became Gangrel after an altercation with a vampire left him eternally
2: cursed. <laughs> We've all been there, guys. <laughs> uh,
1: and if you're good enough at YouTube, you can find a match in Texas where Luna and Cactus Jack face Eddie Gilbert and Medusa oh. in a hair versus hair match that ends with a little bit of black heart interference. Wow. You sent me that match and I totally didn't watch it. I it sorry <laughs> it, it, it's fun <laughs> um yeah so uh, <clears throat> so also tom nash was luna's ex-husband but gangrell was Luna's luna's future husband and luna was married three times first to dan hurd uh then to nash and then gangrell on october 31st 1994 because of course they get married on halloween yeah Uh, Now, Gangrel said, I I couldn't find a lot of stuff about Tom Nash and Luna's relationship, but Gangrel said something along the lines that she married Nash just to get away from her boyfriend Dick Slater, who was apparently abusive, so Slater was in fact a dick.
3: Oh yeah, I've heard multiple bad stories about Dick Slater, and also too, uh, for High Spots, we booked Dick Slater. Uh, while he was in a wheelchair because we heard he was on hard times and he was I'm sorry for laughing miserable to fucking deal Uh, with and just made it like we tried to do something out of charity and he fucking made us pay for it
1: it's like when when uh, Forrest Gump Met with Lieutenant Dan in New York, and he was a dick.
3: Oh, I would rather have <laughs> no, but he had Lieutenant a redemption Danny. moment. Though. Yeah, no later though. Yeah, 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 but yeah. no redemption <laughs> moment. No, no redemption <laughs> moment for Dick Slater. Just to let you know.
2: Then, uh, Luna's talking about it, and it's like, oh, or Gang Girl's talking about one of the moments where she has to. He picks up uh, Luna. It's like, she yeah, has. She hopped out of the window and she ran to the car, and we took her to the show. And then later, he's like, by the way. Dick Slater was so bad, it was a third-story window, and she it. out of a fucking third-story window to get away from him. Well,
3: and also, too, like, I, I think about that relationship, you got Tom Nash and David Heath, like, and they're a tag team. Like, I mean, obviously, it was to get away from this abusive relationship, but still, here's somebody you've been involved with, and now the person you're involved with. Like, that takes... A level of maturity that grown adults don't have especially the way you know pro wrestling is and you're around each other all the time and you know and you're at around each other like not at your best times and you're around each other like and you're stressed out and for you guys to have enough maturity in a working relationship to make that work as long as i did like that is truly admirable and should not be glazed over in any yeah. sense. Like that, that just shows the maturity of all three people involved.
1: Luna and Gangrel would stay married for 18 years, and uh, they are one of my favorite wrestling couples ever. Yeah, Luna worked with the Black Hearts in Tri-State Wrestling, Universal Wrestling Federation, and all Japan, where the team eventually split up. So at this point, Luna had been traveling the world, getting a lot of work as a wrestler and a manager. And it was only a matter of time before someone as talented as Luna would get on WWF's radar. And the story behind her getting picked up up is uh, pretty neat. In 92, David Heath, uh, Gangrel, was sending in wrestling tapes to WWF trying to get a job. And that resulted in WWF seeing Luna and getting interested in her, which I relate to because everyone loves Spencer and hates me. Oh, that's (laughs) not
2: true. I kind of like you.
1: (laughs) So there was a problem, though. No one actually knew where Luna was, and even her father only knew that she was staying in Florida. So the WWF actually hired a private investigator to go find her, and when she was found, she was working as a waitress at Shoney's. <laughs> and Luna seems
2: like a pretty intense waitress.
1: Like, would you like a refill? Like, ah, check,
2: please. Yeah. All I can think now is a Shoney's owned by Scott yeah, Steiner, with waitressed by Luna Vachon.
3: Listen, I've I've met some very uh, Luna Vachon esque waitresses at Waffle House. Okay. I like- like yeah, I, I
2: was I, when you said that I was going to say at Waffle House, but yeah. you already covered. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I,
3: I've ran into some waitresses that, that look like they could be Luna Vachon's sister. So like
2: veins and everything.
1: Like <laughs> it's
3: it's kind of on brand. All
2: right. So
1: uh, WWF finally finds Luna, signs her to a contract, and her first appearance is in April of '93 at WrestleMania IX.
2: Which is a great episode of How Did This Get Booked? Yeah.
1: Mm (laughs)
3: It's one of our first.
2: Yes.
1: uh, And not a great
3: WrestleMania, by the way. That's
2: what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, She'd wrestle, or she'd valet for Intercontinental Champion Shawn Michaels in his match against the undefeated Native American Tatanka, who was accompanied by HBK's former valet, Sensational Sherry. Right away on commentary, Bobby Heenan is putting her over super hard. Uh, like Bobby was always great at doing. He's talking about how mean and how tough she was. The and family know, how legendary the Vachans are. Yeah. And uh, this match is a little over 18
2: minutes long. God, boy, it did not need to be that long at all. Didn't, uh, didn't they have the reputation though of like the best match on the card? Yeah. Isn't that, it, if yeah, if, if mean, it
1: were like eight minutes long, it would have been fantastic. Yeah. But it's just kind of 18 minutes of two dudes just doing moves for no reason, which is a good representation of WrestleMania 9. Uh, So, Luna, during the match, has a couple standoffs with Sherry, kind of backing down both times. But uh, the match ends with Shawn Michaels getting uh, counted out, allowing Tatanka to stay undefeated, but allowing Shawn to keep the belt. And after the match, Luna would attack Sensational Sherry with a clothesline, a body slam, and a few kicks before Tataka notices and she runs away. And Luna would also attack Sherry in the first aid area before being dragged off. And that would start a feud between the two. And yeah. Luna said
2: she loved working with Sherry. There is a pretty good, um, somebody documented Luna and Sherry's feud uh, on YouTube. On YouTube. For some reason, unless I'm a horrible search typer, part one is missing. I don't know, but I think no, it's on there. You have to watch part two, and then part one shows up. <laughs> so for I anyone ser- out there trying to play along, thank you, Nick. Uh, I searched for it, and then I, I even typed in part one with all the thing, and nothing popped up. But yeah, somebody went to a lot of nerdy trouble to yeah. document <laughs> their feud, and it's it's so fucking good. Well,
3: that they should. They're you're talking about two of the toughest ladies of of all time probably the most respected if you know gosh like sherry i can't wait for us to do the sherry she's she's the best she really is and for her and luna to wrestle each other like it's a feud i'm not that familiar with and i'm gonna go look at that youtube clip (laughs) but i'll make sure to wait around for part one to circle back around so
1: Uh, So, Luna and Sherry would have scuffles on Monday Night Raw, Superstars, and WWF Wrestling Challenge, and Luna would cut one of the most epic epic promos of her career, saying she would wipe Sherry off the face of the earth and become the goddess of the squared circle. (laughs) And... Luna was so good at promos. Like, they're all so effortlessly badass. Like, uh, she was so good on the mic.
2: The the, the one that's on YouTube. I mean, God, we're plugging YouTube way I know, too much. It. I think it's called the most metal promo.
1: It's
0: it, 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 yeah. it is,
2: the most metal promo. But this is another thing where I'm just... I'm going to emit emotion while watching wrestling. Yeah. But Luna gets so into it. And the highlights that they put into her, like, fucking up uh, Sherry. And it's just like, she's... She's so in the zone of being the character and just like lost. It's it overwhelms me overwhelms me with emotion because she's just so into it and it's just like ah.
3: Well, <laughs> and also to Sherry's uh, Sherry and Luna's credit, like also you got to keep in mind that Sherry, for the most of her career, she's been a heel. She had been a face for for a while wow, early yeah, in her career, heard. but for but for her to be a longtime heel and then for somebody to come in and be the bad guy in that role and... You know, take the take that heel lead and That's very true. You know that that's that's, that's a lot of credit yeah, to yeah, Luna's yeah. character that it overshadows <laughs> yeah. any negative feelings you might have towards Sherry's character. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh no, she's she's the baby face. Yeah, she's yeah, definitely yeah. working for underneath against this crazy. See the person. crazy
2: Mohawk chick? Yeah, yeah, she's the
1: bad
3: guy. She's the bad guy. <laughs> so.
1: so during their feud, Bam Bam Bigelow, who can hear all about an episode one of Tim Bill uh <laughs> would have a confrontation with Sherry, leading to him getting attacked by Tatanka. And the two groups feuding against each other, and uh, soon after, Bam Bam would team up with Luna. Uh, later, announced that he had fallen in love with her, and he and that Luna would now be his main squeeze. Can I
2: just point out a little nerd uh, wrestling trivia? Um, Tataka's first uh, official loss was a countout loss to um, Rick Martel as a uh, at a house show, but his first TV loss after building up hu- building him up as undefeated, was to Ludwig Borga. Uh, Poor Tatanka. They were trying to
1: get uh, Borga over pretty hard. uh, I
2: mean, that's kind of like Mr. Perfect and Brutus the Barber fucking people. Or Glacier and Buff Bagwell. Yes, thank you! (laughs) Buff Blockbuster, baby. (laughs) So a uh,
1: a mixed tag team match between Luna and Bam Bam and Sherry and Tatanka was planned for SummerSlam 93, but it was canceled because not only did Luna legitimately injure her arm, Sherry left the WWF. That's hard to uh, do. So uh, with Sherry gone, there would never be like a big blow-off match for their feud, and that Damn. is a fucking shame. That sucks. you're talking about two of the, you know... To the greats could have
2: done some cool
3: shit, yeah. And I think that's why it gets forgotten about, yeah. Like, if you would have had that right. moment, yeah,
2: totally. It's so true. Sorry, and, 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 <laughs> it's, and
3: it's tough in that area, too, because, like, you know, you're this is definitely during a time where women's wrestling was having much, most certainly, an uphill battle, totally. Yeah. And here are the, these women gaining traction, getting things going, God, and it's then so true. it's oh. The, the you know the bottom falls out on it, and of course you know if they're looking for a reason to to axe it, they yeah. found it, and they are like oh we're not going back to this again. You know how the women are; they're just going to get hurt, you know, and that's that's the attitude they had. So that's what they were they were working against it. They were making momentum, and then something like this. Damn, happens.
2: such a I mean, because you know they would have given them a good blow off match. You put it on a SummerSlam or a Royal Rumble, some big pay per view, and they would have tore like, the house
3: down and it would be like oh shit it was like we more- need to find more female wrestlers we need yeah. to get it could have really yeah, 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 got yeah. the wheels rolling much sooner as opposed to later damn I didn't think about or that the, or what could happen with what they did in uh, the early 2000s women's matches became better than some of the men and we're like oh no let's just sign underwear models <laughs> yeah. which is what they ended no, up doing
1: we're gonna, we're gonna get into it no no no, yeah. no I don't think we're gonna,
2: right.
1: <laughs> so uh, instead of instead of that instead of an uh, epic conclusion to their feud they would have bam bam and the head shrinkers losing to Tatanka and the smoking guns in a six-man tag match and if you're playing along at home trying to see some cool luna matches this is not one of them uh she kind of just is a valet here uh trying to stay out of it because her arm is legit hurt and uh, she never really gets involved in this thrown together backup plan match So in late 93, Bam Bam and Luna get into a feud with the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be, Doink the Clown.
2: Boom. And
0: at (laughs) 93
1: Survivor Series, they have a classic Survivor Series style match with Bam Bam, the Head Shrinkers, and Bastion Booger against four Doinks. But the four Doinks were actually Mo and Mabel and the Bushwhackers in clown makeup. And if Clowns or the Bushwhackers uh, scare you, uh, this match is fucking terrifying. That sounds... Uh, it is, um, I
2: haven't watched it, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so the Doinks win, and
1: uh, while Bam Bam and Luna are walking back to the locker room, Doink shows up on the Titan Tron to heckle the two, although he never comes out. And mm. I wanted to play a game. Uh, why wasn't Doink there? Injury or rehab?
2: Um, both. Oh rehab! <laughs> no, no, no! He got injured at it's rehab. No, 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 he got injured trying to do cocaine on the stairs, and when he did the line so hard, fell down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so at WrestleMania ten in New York City, uh,
1: Bam Bam and Luna would face Doink. Uh, beating him and his partner Dink in a mixed tag match. Who was a Frenchman. Yeah, friend, <laughs> the, the French little guy. Uh, and by us, WWE standards, it's a fun comedy match.
2: It and is. you finally get to see Luna wrestle a little bit. And it got taken home too early, too. Oh, uh, did it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was like... Four or five minutes early. That's why the ending... Luna botches... She's not supposed to splash oh. Dink. Because that looks gross. Yeah. I mean, it's like a nasty splash. And uh, I forget the reasoning or which match messed it up. But it got taken home too early. And that's Probably why the The, end-
3: the ladder match. It was oh, a, yeah. It ran uh, long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, yeah, the latter match went like 17 minutes heavy. Yeah. And it, they, they cut, like, uh, they cut uh, five five-on-five tag team match or a four-on-four like oh, an eight-man yeah, tag or something right like too. that they cut an entire match all the other matches had to cut be cut down because that ladder match went so long
2: but I, I think it was one of those things like i think we got this but then like in the match they're like nope go home now yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope. so it was it was uh, yeah
1: so that the match ends with bam bam hitting doink with his diving headbutt for the win and as they're walking to the back a bill clinton impersonator shows up oh, the that crowd. guy Uh, Because this was the 90s, and your only sources of comedy were midget wrestling and Bill Clinton impersonators.
2: And Jerry Lawler. (laughs) Jerry Lawler. (laughs) Um,
1: So not too much longer after WrestleMania, Luna and Bam Bam would break up. All this kayfabe, of course, they never actually dated. Bam Bam would join the Million Dollar Corporation, and Luna would get some well-deserved spotlight as a singles competitor so aside from wrestlemania 10 at this point luna's wwf run has been scuffles with sherry and a lot of valet work but in 1994 wwf's women's division had a bit of a revival and this led to luna getting into some actual matches and a lot of them were with women's champion alundra blaze aka her long-term rival medusa uh, alundra had won a tournament for the belt that had been uh, deactivated in 1990, and uh, she won the belt in December of 93, bringing it back.
3: Yeah, and, like, I remember this time they they really tried to get some really quality women in there, and they were bringing in all Japan women Dude, yeah. from the 90s, and all Japan women in the 90s, like, they...
2: Asia they, Kong fucking, uh, who was, oh, God.
3: Miami Toyota. Oh, sh-
2: best ever. Yeah.
3: Like, it, you You look back at some of those old tapes from All Japan Women, early 90s, and like, even now today, they're doing stuff that people are just now catching up to. It's is, so much. So A
2: five star run? Uh, Manami, oh, she's... Manami Toyota has the most. I think Manami Toyota has the most five star matches. She might even have more than Kobashi. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, Manami Toyota, the early 90 to 95 run of All Japan Women's when i was so hardcore into fucking tape trading like you see those matches and they're doing full bore guns to the run screaming ripping and they have, they have more uh and be, uh, they have more dexterity and they're more uh, flexible. And they're doing submission moves that make you scream for 45 minutes in two out of three falls matches. And you're like, what the fuck is this? They are beyond amazing. And they are working stiff. I mean, they are working concussion stiff. I mean, it, it, it was it was hardcore. Well, I, uh, I once
1: saw Kelly Kelly do a drop toe hold. <laughs> so, suck it. Onto a chair that was plastic. <laughs> Uh, so a lot of the matches between Alondra and Luna were on WWF Superstars. Uh, and since Luna was a mid-card hill in the 90s, she lost all of them. However, <laughs> uh, they're pretty good. And while they were held under six minutes, most of them, Alundra and Luna could both work their asses off. And I would love to see them get, you know, the 25-minute matches that a lot of the girls now Right. Were. So Luna would never win the title from Blaze, even though it was well-deserved. And uh, Alondra even said, I was the champion at the time and wanted her to win. And one night, Alondra even tried to not kick out of a pin so Luna would win the belt, but the ref caught on, didn't finish the count. Uh, that sounds really cool of Alondra, but apparently they didn't really get along in real life so much.
2: And the ref was Nick Patrick, so what the fuck you gonna do?
1: <laughs> and uh, Alundra, uh, uh Guess what Luna wouldn't have done with the title is put it in a fucking trash can.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Point match. Yeah, she would have set it on fire. (laughs) And then eaten the
1: ashes. (laughs) So around this time, WWF had sent Luna to rehab for a wee bit of a drinking problem. And while at rehab, they fired her. Seems like kind of a tick move. Like, hey, I know you're feeling pretty down about being at rehab, but listen, it gets worse.
2: What's another pebble on the mountain?
1: (laughs) So, But things weren't all bad for Luna in 1994. She would be the first woman to appear in a WWF video game. WWF Raw for Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis. Uh, She was not on the short end Game Gear and Game Boy roster. (laughs) Jesus. But I played
2: the shit out of that game. It was a good
3: game. So did I. I enjoyed that game immensely. I'm just
2: impressed you put out Game Boy and Game Gear references. (laughs) Facts. So uh,
1: after leaving the WWF, Luna made her round on the independent circuit. And eventually, Nancy Sullivan, a.k.a. Nancy Benoit, a.k.a. Woman, Recruited Luna for ECW, and ECW seemed like just a perfect fit for Luna. Totally. Oh, it
3: was like I I remember going through these, these ECW tapes, and she just fit in perfectly. Yeah. Like like seeing her in the ECW arena, like I'm like yep, this is where you belong. Yep. And also too, like she's apart from gangrel who's wrestling as vampire warrior at this time where yeah. she's on the indies so they're doing a lot more bookings together they're traveling together so i'm sure this was good quality time for their relationship yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: so uh luna was brought in as tommy dreamer's new valet as part of his feud with raven and luna would have several run-ins with raven and raven's nest including <laughs> stevie richards <laughs> who she'd have a still cage match with at ecw heat wave in
2: 1995 um, wow. I think one of my favorite moments in the beginning of the match, there's a fan sign in the very front row. It's not a uh, hat guy and all those fuckers that we all know, but there's a fan sign that says cage match, girl versus girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, they they, hi- they really hype it up as this like
1: intergender.
2: It's still the first, cage. E- first ever intergender but, still cage match.
1: But when Luna is coming down to the ring, to Tommy Dreamer's theme, which was Man in the Box by Alice in Chains, <laughs> just that, dirn, 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 just wearing all black. You're not thinking, oh, this is a woman versus a man. You're thinking, oh, Luna's about to beat this dude's
2: ass. <laughs> like, she's just, she's so Because when Richard comes up to the cage, he does the old thing, like, he walks up to it, and then before he even gets to the cage, he walks back to almost the entranceway and he's like,
3: no, no, yeah. Yeah, no! Especially Stevie's character at this yeah, time it's in perfect. ECW. It's perfect. I mean, you think of what James Ellsworth is today. This is what Stevie Richards was it, yep. at this moment yeah, in time. Totally. So.
1: So uh, just uh, random highlights from the match. Uh, there's a lot of throwing each other into the cage. They both get busted
2: open. Yeah, Stevie's jumping into the cage spots are some of the most like, oh, I, well, I don't know about this. <laughs> um, at one point, Luna gives Stevie a
1: Luna bomb from
2: way up top on the cage. Yeah, with... she she does her, uh, It's it's she's on the top ropes, uh, but she's holding on to the cage and it hits hard. It hits really damn hard. It's beautiful.
1: She gets Stevie with that really awesome swinging net breaker she always did. Uh, Stevie gives her two brutal fucking power pops. <laughs> like, oh, they were really not nasty. let up. Nope. And uh, finally, Luna wins the match with a testicular claw. Fuck you, yeah. Joey Ryan. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Joey would have kicked out of it.
1: Um and it's a very fun match watch it if you can find it I will be very sad if it doesn't wind up in your matches
2: Um I, I don't know the thing that really stood out to me when I was watching this this is the cage match that turned into the infamous ultimate highlight reel ECW chair shot where Pitbull Raven faction versus faction shit starts Dreamer gets Raven in the cage crucifies him to the cage with handcuffs, and gives him the ECW chair shot heard around the world, and it just goes, and it is a brutal fucking chair shot. And when I was watching it, I was like, oh, shit, I didn't realize this was that cage match. Yeah. And it is totally the Luna-Stevie Richards cage match that turns in one of the best ECW moments of all time. All
1: right, so also in 95, Luna was rated number 306 on the PWI 500, only the second woman to be included uh, on that list after Jacqueline. And who was number one that year? Your boy Diesel. He was number one. He was number one? And uh,
3: and rightfully so. Yeah. And rightfully <laughs>
1: fucking so. Uh, a couple others. Uh, We're not going to get in a fight right now. S- Steve Austin <laughs> Nor should was
3: you because I'm right.
1: <laughs> Stone Cold was number 43, which this is 95 on his way up. Um, and uh, Ultimate Warrior was... Four
2: twenty-three.
1: Thank but, you. But ranked number one at being a stupid asshole. Uh, <laughs> That's a
2: hard thing to do.
1: <laughs> in '96 uh, and '97, Luna spent time wrestling in IWA Mid South and American Wrestling Federation, where she was the first ever AWF Women's Champion. In '97, she also had a short run in WCW, again facing Medusa. Um, and they kind of brought her in, interviewing and in, interfering in Medusa's matches, uh, while she was trying to win the WCW championship. And, uh, they'd have a series of matches, including 97 Slambury.
2: I, I, I watched, uh, a match between Luna and Medusa in Germany, which they had uh-huh. a one-off Germany run. Yeah. I was like, what is this? But, um, what is, <laughs> what is Luna job to? Anybody got to guess what Luna Jobs do in Germany? Uh, I don't know. Come on, it's really easy.
1: A
3: suplex. Uh,
2: suplex. What type of suplex?
3: German suplex. German fucking uh, suplex. Well, that, well, the thing is, though, uh, it's in Germany, so it's just called the suplex. Yes. <laughs> oh
2: God. The, the, the messed up part was I saw. I didn't watch the match, but I watched. Uh, I looked at the card. Luna jobs in the second match to the German suplex. The first match is Alex Wright. And what's his fucking finisher? The suplex. suplex. (laughs) In
1: Germany, all matches are ended with a
2: German suplex. I I, I
1: don't don't know. know.
3: Unless you're a heel, then you end with a Russian leg sweep. Just to get some serious heat.
0: All
1: right. So in November of 97, Luna returned to WWF as Goldust manager during his artist formerly known as Goldust phase. And it is weird.
2: Oh my god. Uh, um, go ahead. This is going to be a bit of a movie nerd trivia thing. Um, this, uh, the promo for when the artist formerly known as Goldust, Luna brings him out on a leash. Um, he has a ball gag in his mouth. He is totally a dog. He is subservient. Um, this was in this was 12, this was December 1st, 1997. Shout out to my sister Rebecca. That's her birthday, Richard Pryor.
3: Kinda weird. I don't know, Rebecca. Why there are you, you bringing go. this up when you're talking about like Dustin Rhodes <laughs> being ball gagged and drug out by Luna Vichon? It's, sis- it's weird that those two like come into <laughs> your mind, like, oh yeah, and by the way, on this day, my sister and Richard Pryor. Those are the two things I think. When I see a ball gag. <laughs> in the mouth of a texan. Think of my sister and Richard Pryor. Immediately. Immediately. There you go, Rebecca.
2: You listen to the podcast. One of our biggest fans. So, um. not anymore. <laughs> so, there is there is one of my favorite documentaries of all time for any movie buffs out there. It's called Bob Flanagan, The Life and Death of a Super Masochist. It's called Sick. And it came out it it did Sunday. It's January 97. It then did November 97 and the relationship that is portrayed in this promo is so fucking spot on to Bob Flanagan and his wife at the time, Sherry, that I really think that um, at least Dustin Rhodes saw this documentary and they wanted to turn it into a promo. I swear to God, when I did the math on this, it, it was really like, yep, that's exactly what it did. Dustin was Probably uh, drug problems, having fun, and he saw Sick, The Life and Death of Bob Flanagan, against Masochist. Let's do a promo of it. And damn, damn if, did it fit.
3: If not him, at least Vince Russo.
2: <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank so, you. So Good between point.
3: the two of them, and, then, and like, I feel like that era of Gold Dust was just all about pushing the envelope. Totally. And if you're going to push the envelope... Uh, is, and you're gonna want like a female with you Luna Vachon's gonna be there cause she's like sure I'll drag the ring like that I'll you. treat you like a dog yeah like that's I mean if you're gonna push the envelope and, and you want a woman to do that with Luna Vachon's
2: <laughs> there so <laughs> so true
1: Now, uh, Goldust was in a feud with Vader that started at Survivor Series that year, and Luna would debut hiding under a surgeon's mask, attacking uh, Vader on an episode of Raw.
2: (laughs) Fits perfectly.
1: Vader and Goldust, with Luna, would meet at the 98 Royal Rumble, and Luna's pretty much just valeting here again, Uh, but she does get Vader with some cheap shots during the match, and eventually... uh, Vader is setting up for a Vader bomb. Luna <laughs> so runs good. into it's the so ring, dives onto Vader's back, <laughs> and so Vader gives him the Vader bomb
2: with Luna on his back. It's it's an awesome spot. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I was going to jump in and do it. But it's like, I think when when Vader goes off, Luna kinda can't take hold and she almost kind of yeah, face plants she, yeah, yeah, yeah. she face plants so hard but it's such a cool spot because he gets the pin and it's like oh shit it's so good
3: but yeah as a us seeing that and thinking about the logistics of all that <laughs> yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. it's it's unbelievable like it, it it just blows my mind like that that happened and nobody died and nobody has <laughs> yeah. seriously hurt right. but just, just shows the balls of Luna Vachon to be like yeah I'll hop on your back yeah, and, and, that's just, true. And, and just like I don't give a fuck what happens to <laughs> you know? me type of thing anything for the show war on paper you fuck it let's go for it like that's just that attitude like that's that's so goddamn Luna that like, just of that, her
2: that's, you know that's, that's Vivian that's Mad Dog that's her wanting to be Vivian, all the way. Man. I mean, it's
3: one little spot. It's not even like a match, but just that just commitment to no. the business. Like that. Like, you should just include that match <laughs> on your match list just for that one spot alone. It's so damn good. Yeah, yeah. unbelievable.
1: All right, so after the feud with Vader, <clears throat> around that time, Gold Dust began working with Mark Marrow. And off camera at house shows, Luna and Marrow's valet, Sable, had been doing some spot, which caught the eye of Pat Patterson, which it shouldn't have. Uh, (laughs) But uh, but they eventually (laughs) put it on TV, and Vince loved it. Fucking sigh. Alright, so Luna (laughs) said at first... Sable was super cool, she and was they so cool had a her. lot of fun working together. And that lasted until Sable swallowed up Mark Marrow's career, started getting offers from Playboy, and then undeservingly started walking around the wrestling business like she was a thousand Hulk Hogan's in Ric Flair robes. <laughs> <laughs> so at WrestleMania
2: fourteen, Brock listeners, listening to this right now, like, <laughs> fuck uh, you, man. <laughs> Thanks, Brock, for listening to the, our <laughs> little podcast.
3: He just downloaded. He's not even subscribing. Like
2: Brock, come on, just oh, it's such a heel move. <laughs> just <laughs>
3: hit the subscribe button, yeah. buddy. Like, come on. Uh,
2: we're, we're gonna get into it. I, I'm... Daniel Cormier is gonna knock
3: you the fuck out.
2: <laughs>
3: so rest... and if Cormier don't get you, John Jones will.
1: <laughs> John Jones kills everybody. So at WrestleMania 14, the two teams would face each other with Luna training Sable to get ready for the match, all while Sable refused to learn or take bumps. That's not a big
2: part of wrestling. <laughs> I mean, right? So Have uh, you ever had a guy that just, like, refused to want to get hurt?
3: Yeah. Awful. It happens a lot, you know, and especially if you were getting as much as probably Sable was at the time. Yeah. But at the same time, too, like... Think about it. She was just a pretty girl. No, I mean, I was walking in the ring. They gave her an opportunity. I'm like, hey, do you want to be a super famous star? And by the way, we're bringing back. Like, the are inside of just for you. Oh, don't you fucking defend her.
2: <laughs> I was waiting to do a joke. It's like, you know how mad Nick is right now?
3: <laughs> I, I, I'm a click apologist, but I will uh, I will draw the line at a Sable understandist. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I, won't, I won't apologize, but I can understand. I'm ramping up for and, it. And, and, even, and even, like, it, it's Nick, funny. Nick's wagging his arms like
2: Conor McGregor right now. <laughs>
3: Listen, <laughs> no. even even luna uh, like understood because there's a there's a story of of luna snapping on sunny for sunny being like like mean to sable yeah and i understand that 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 as well because there is this situation just came up like about a month or two ago somebody was um yelling at this this one guy who i was like praising for having a match with and he's like you know he was yelling at this guy for hurting people all the time which the guy kind of had a reputation of doing he was kind of Big and clumsy, and he he you know kind of hurt people and stuff like that. But like, I always tried to be nice to him because I was the guy working with him. Where like, they're, yeah, you got, yeah,
2: you don't want to make the guy that's hurting people be mad at you. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. and also
3: too, like, I, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to help him along, and he and he was much better than from the last time that I wrestled. him so like, hey, that's not bad, man, but hey, maybe don't hit me as hard as possible on this, <laughs> or maybe let me down. Where like, he wasn't wrestling where well, the guy yelling at him was never wrestled that guy only his friends had so he felt like he was sticking up for his friends right, right, so right. i understand that and i get that and i'm glad that he's yelling at him laying no very clearly you can't do that yeah. but at the same time too he's like hey man i'm trying to bring him along slowly and also i'm the one facing the consequences right now yeah. so <laughs> don't get this guy angry and don't make him feel awkward or weird before we go out there because it's going to end up hurting me and not you so and that's Pretty much what Luna was trying to do with Sable is protect her and try to bring her along solely, and, you know, Sonny, maybe you stay out of it.
1: So, so. Uh, an important note to that match is that Luna was threatened by WWF management. Allegedly. Saying, uh, saying that if she hurt Sable in any way, that Luna would lose her job. But don't worry, during the match, Sable didn't take a single bump. <laughs> so, if you watch the match, Mero and Gold Dust wrestle the majority of it. And uh, with Luna kind of playing the Cowardly Hill, uh, Sable would get some shots in on Luna and Gold Dust finally hitting Luna with Marrow's TKO, which is almost, a, it's like the opposite version of Brock Lesnar's F5. So there's some foreshadowing for you.
2: I just want to say DDP used to do a fireman's carry uh, diamond cutter. Yeah. That's ex- They did that. DDP did a fireman's carry diamond cutter on Stevie Richards' I think it was a WCW Saturday night that was one of the most brutal, slow motion Stevie's face crunching into DDP's shoulder diamond cutters I've ever seen. And then all of a sudden, Mark Marrow's doing the stuff. But DDP did a Fireman's Carry diamond cutter before this, and it was, it was, it was gorgeous. So
1: after the match, they go backstage where Sable was met with cheers and congratulations. And the veteran, the better wrestler, the one that carried the no experience, Sable, was totally ignored. And uh, Luna broke down crying only to be comforted by her longtime friend, Owen Hart.
2: Which, when she told that story, was just so sad to hear. Like, the only one she ever put over for any moments like that was Owen Hart, who was apparently there for And apparently J.J. Dillon. It was apparently there for in those yeah. moments, which I don't know. So
1: after WrestleMania, Luna and Sable had an evening gown match at '98 Unforgiven, and where was it?
2: Was it Charlotte? It was Ash. It was it Asheville or Charlotte? I think it was. Oh, I think it was, it was North Carolina. You North just Carolina. said it like
3: you knew it, all right? <laughs> like, exactly. like, you want to know where it is? I'll tell you. Oh, it was hair, It was here. It was there. You're like If you're going to bring up a little nugget in the middle of this podcast, once do you know what the fuck you're talking about, Micah?
2: That is so boring. That was when you go, yeah, you're right, dude. That didn't work. But uh, it was either Asheville or Charlotte. It was somewhere close. So, uh, both gowns were
1: obviously gimmick to use a word I wouldn't know without the internet. Um, <laughs> they'd uh tear off each other's sleeves pretty easily, and uh Luna tore off Sable's bottoms, which brought out Mark Marrow, the. Because uh, he was doing this jealous uh, kind of angle, trying to cover up Sable. and While Sable had her back turned, Luna comes up from behind, pulls off her top, exposing Sable's bra and panties, and winning the match. Oh my god. Um, after the match, Sable attacks Luna, struggles to give Luna a s- Sable bomb, and then strips Luna for a little bit of payback. This match is under three minutes, and while Sable does do a little selling, she again doesn't take a single bump. Alright, here we go. I know oh in, yeah yep. in our Dino Bravo episode I brought up that Sable is my least favorite. Hold wrestler. on real quick can
2: I go pee? Or are you just gonna rant for three minutes? you want to just like go on a sable rant I was gonna pee right now okay, I'm gonna go pee be right back
1: <laughs> All right
2: so this is why I hate
1: Sable and I know Jake is gonna have some goddamn rebuttal like he did for the click and I know Micah is gonna have some fucking troll response ready and I've already unfriended you both on Facebook. So here we go. Oh, God. All right. I hate Sable not just because, without ever loving the business, she used pro wrestling for her own personal gains and left the first chance she got. And when she couldn't cut it in the mainstream, she ran right back to Vince Russo and Vince McMahon's geriatric boners. But the main reason I hate Sable is that she ruined women's wrestling in the United States for almost two decades. And I'm not even some rah-rah feminist that thinks you have to like women's wrestling the same as men's or you're Hitler. Like, keep, it, keep in mind that I'm talking about mainstream TV wrestling. And I'm sure there are tons of women during this time and before and after who are doing great stuff. But whether you love or hate WWE, it is the mainstream trendsetter for professional wrestling, especially in these pre-internet streaming days. And as the top woman in the business, as the example of women's wrestling, Sable made it so that women's wrestling was nothing but failed actresses and failed fitness models sewn together by plastic surgeons doing slap fighting, hair pulling, bra and panning pudding matches and what Sable did was take an entire industry away from women who actually lived it and loved it and protected it. Women like Luna Vachon. Women who worked their entire lives to be good at it. Women who were mistreated by moolah for years and took it so that one day they could reach a level that they could live off professional wrestler. And when All the virgins watching finally got tired of Sable taking her shirt off on pay-per-views. Women's wrestling became pee-break matches for 15 years, a stigma that women's wrestling still carries to this day, even with all the great women's wrestling out there now. I still see this online all the time. And I'm not saying you have to pick between being super attractive or a pro wrestler. Charlotte Flair, Bayley, Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch, Liv Morgan, AJ Lee, they're both... And it's only in the last few years that women like that were able to pull wrestling out of the black hole that Sable left it in. Like, Charlotte Flair is one of my favorite wrestlers. Not women's wrestlers, one of my favorite wrestlers. And forget wrestling for a second. It- it's sports entertainment, we can be straight up broy. At no point was Sable even the hottest woman in the fucking company like Vince marketed her to be. Trish Stratus was light years hotter than her, as was Sonny and they could both actually work, but Sable would strut out every night with her dead inside Steadford wife voice. All oh, the men want me, and all the women want me, me. Do her awkward ass 90s hip gyration, and then not deliver on any level, all while treating people like shit in the back, and not giving a single fuck about pro wrestling, please
2: play good music at my funeral.
3: <laughs> I'm
2: sorry, I just got from my pee break. What
3: happened? <laughs> um may i retort <laughs> Fuck you. yes but. uh I, but here's the thing I, I don't want to retort all of that because i agree because that's
2: a lot <laughs>
3: there, there's a lot of points that's the most
2: i've ever talked in my life without
1: stopping <laughs> it's
3: more than you ever talk
2: on, nick on is so right regularly nick like, is so red right now i'm the narrate i'm the research guy for now
3: <laughs> nick nick is the host of this thing and he doesn't talk that much normally <laughs> for that extended period of time um I agree with you a thousand point, a thousand times on a lot of those points. I would say even 99, 98% of that. But what I will throw out there is a, a discussion we had in a previous episode, which is available in the archives of Brickhouse Brown, about the idea of black wrestlers uh, being on the card, but they would be put in these racist angles. But the idea that you had a black wrestler on the card in racist areas where they probably didn't know or appreciate that much like we've made of the analogy of in the nineties in a sitcom, you just put a gay person out there doing a flamboyant gay character, always got a laugh. And you know, if they didn't have that, they didn't have representation of that. And you know, what's worse, not having no reputation or a bad representation in media, what Sable did, um, especially, but I, but I feel like Sable Probably should get more of the credit, but I think it was really Sonny that got the ball rolling. Was the idea that there was money yeah. in women in wrestling, yeah. and and mm-hmm. I th- feel like Sonny was definitely the start of that. But I think Sable was the actualization of that, the the, the proof. You know, the I, I full think that follow through there, the full follow through. I think there was a lot of money left on the table with Sonny, where I think Kobe. Sonny was the thing that got people's you know eyes perk like, oh we could make money this way. She was American
2: We're, Online number one, but she wasn't Mozilla Firefox number one. <laughs> yeah, or just the idea
3: like, oh, we could make money off of women. Because, I mean, pro wrestling is about exploitation. Yeah. Totally. And, and the idea, and the, like I said, part of the reason that you made sure that you had a African-American wrestler on your roster is so you could sell tickets to the African-American community. And was that right or wrong? But that's what they did. But like, as we said before, that that son of a guy who's racist, you know, his son may look up to and say, Hey, my favorite wrestler is Brickhouse Brown or Hey, my favorite wrestler is Tony Atlas, where if he wasn't on the card, he would, he wouldn't have that, that person to point to and then change his worldview entirely. I mean, Much in the it. same sense that Sable was the idea of like, Oh, women can be something more than just valets in, in pro yeah. wrestling. She, she, made that happen. Now was was she the right person for that spot? I well, will wholeheartedly agree that she was she was not. not.
1: But, but all right, well,
3: I, I, I would say Sonny would have been the right person, but like I said, she was a worker. Either,
1: and so but Sunny stayed on the fucking ring and and still was a mega star. You don't have to make women's wrestling putting matches for 10 fucking years and give Kelly Kelly a job over Tessa Blanchard. But
3: like like I said, a lot of that became with even the male's attitudes. Yeah. No, no. And I get get, get,
1: it. I'm trying to be understanding at the same time critical because fucker.
3: Yeah. Uh, But but like I said, like that was...
2: Perspective is a motherfucker.
3: (laughs) At the the end of the day, and I always say this, that sometimes uh, being successful as an art form is you basically have to get a old white male to say yes to the thing that you're doing. Uh,
1: And I agree. And and, and
3: unfortunately, that's a lot of what the world is today, and until that changes, you're going to forget about the people like the Luna Vachandes.
2: I am in. I love movies to death, and I don't understand this old white male approval thing at all. <laughs> I just don't get it yeah, at fucking all. The Oscars, the Academy producing? Nah.
1: Alright, so moving on. This is, this nah, is my, let's stay. But, but,
3: <laughs> but even tie back to Luna, if you don't have the sable, do you bring in does some of like Luna have if a not spot?
2: The, if you don't have the great fucking villain, you don't have the great fucking but hero. V-
1: Luna is the fucking villain in this, and the way it was booked,
2: she well, Luna yeah, out every exactly. night. Exactly, that that's mood. what made it's, it's. It's all tied together. You, I mean, it was Luke it was, Skywalker ain't shit the, without the, Darth the, Vader. The, hard,
3: the hardest thing is that, that Luna should have got more appreciation for yes. helping launching. Exactly. Yes. Somebody. Exactly. And I think exactly. that's, that's the point where she trying... didn't have the
2: foil. She her foilness but, wasn't appreciated. But my my okay, my whole argument is that.
1: This is, you know, 98, 99. Mm-hmm. Everyone's 13 years old during the Attitude Era, just fucking boners, yeah, stupid fucking teenage boners. Like, oh, my God, <laughs> Sable, Sable. Yeah. And then they turned into 15-year-olds, into 18-year-olds, into 21-year-olds, and they noticed, oh, this women's wrestling thing we've been watching for the last few years is shit. And now it took Charlotte Flair and, and Sasha Banks and... Untold hundreds of of women in the Indies and TNA and Japan
2: to and fucking... Minami Toyota go, going like fucking Tokyo. yeah exactly. <laughs>
1: do, 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 anyone listening to this fucking podcast know who Manami Toyota is. That uh, but you know who Sable is. I can fucking promise you that. And that's my whole argument on this is that WWE is is the trendsetter and they have all the eyes on them, and they took women's wrestling and made it shit.
3: Well, and it all goes back to even something that's beyond even WWE. This is something that's always happened in wrestling in general, is not appreciating the person that's getting over the star. And, uh, and then that person is yeah, Luna yeah. you, you They should have put more of a premium on someone like Luna Vachon who would go out and make someone like Sable, who was an inept as she was, who didn't love it as much, there should have, been, instead of them showering Sable with appreciation after, they should have showered Luna, Luna yeah. because she's the one that made that person look good because I can't tell you how Sable many times... Sable did look
2: good. I hate to say it, but she looked so good in that WrestleMania but, match. Because
3: I can't tell you how many times I've wrestled myself... And it'd be against a guy that had little or no experience, that just had a good look, and I made him look fantastic. And people would be like, oh, we want to book that guy, but yeah. not Jake Mann. And, you know. and and that that's ultimately always been the problem with wrestling is sometimes you forget the guy who gets over the guy. And, that's and, what, and heck, that's what people said about Ric Flair for a long time. Well.
2: Really? Yeah. And then, like, just when I did Luna research, it was that type of thing where I flashed back to like, oh, Bigelow, oh, Boss Man. Yeah. It was just all this, like... Oh, just all these dudes who make everyone look so good. And they had their shines. They had their good matches. And they had their their moments that really made them. But so much of them was making other people look good. And I was like, fuck.
1: And I was going to bring up this point. But I knew you would. So I didn't bring it up. <laughs> all right. All right I'm, I'm, there
3: you go. I'm glad we not got a report out. <laughs> I, I'm a Sable understandalist And you are.
1: <laughs> I, I am angry. I'm sure someone's going to cut out. The, someone's
2: gonna be mad about that, right? No, that was a clickbait promo. Yeah, that's, that's just what we want. You mean
1: you a say,
3: you mean a clickbait, as in like Shawn Michaels Diesel and Razor? Like, yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: I just know if I ever see Brock Lesnar in person, all my bones will immediately shatter on their own, and no, it no, doesn't no. have to hurt. Brick
2: you. Brock can't take a punch. <laughs> take that was
3: one. that was Kane Velasquez who just walked <laughs> in, guys. <laughs> let you guys know. I'm just... <laughs>
2: Cain Velasquez just tore out his rotator cuff walking in the room because he's made of glass.
3: <laughs> All right, let's well, finally
1: right, we'll move on from this a little bit. All right, Unforgiven. At Unforgiven, uh, after Unforgiven. Goddamn, I'm flustered. No, you're uh, fine. Uh, I,
2: this is staying in because it's emotion.
1: A- after Unforgiven, uh, Luna would quit feuding with Sable, uh, eventually turned face and began her time as Princess Luna with the oddities, which was not the best thing ever. Um, Thank you, South Park. It was, it was Luna with Golga, uh, who was Earthquake, uh, John Tinta, uh, in a mask with a Cartman shirt on. Uh, Kurgan, who went on to be an actor in movies like 300 and Deadpool 2. Good and casting. Micah's favorite MMA fighter, Giant Silva.
2: Oh, man. He was so good in Pride. I think he had some Pride matches because that's all they did in Pride. They just booked, like, Butterbean and Giant Silva <laughs> against, like, I don't know, fucking this Japanese little guy. I almost said Bidget, but that's not right. I almost said that. Uh... God bless Pride. That's all I'm going to say. So, uh, Luna said that the
1: oddities were kind of a joke in the locker room, and anyone who drew them that night would be very frustrated. They didn't like working with them. Uh, And even Wrestling Observer would give them worst gimmick and worst tag team of 1998.
2: Sorry, real quick, on the Sable defending, can we point out how big of a douchebag weirdo uh, Metzler was with Sable? I just want to throw that out there. I don't know what you're talking about. Dave, Dave Meltzer just like would constantly comment on sable and how uh, this this is this is totally Bruce Pritchard fucking something to wrestle with stuff but they enlightened me to how much of a weirdo Dave Meltzer was was focusing on uh, uh, sable and appearances and women and not coming off like a total social justice warrior cuz fuck that if you have a problem but it's just like Dave was weird with Sable. Uh, I
1: I see your obsession with Sable and raise you his obsession with Kenny Omega. (laughs) (laughs) It is is beyond creepy. All right. Uh, In 1998, the Women's Championship would again be reactivated Uh. because it was deactivated after Alundra Blaze put it in a fucking trash can in 1995.
2: That was on Nitro, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And by December of '98, the WWF's women's championship would go somewhere worse than a trash can around the waist of Sable. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm getting, oh, I'm getting fucking brave. That was good. All right. So many. I
3: mean, he, you already went for the knockout blow, and now you're doing jabs <laughs> like. No, yeah,
2: Not yet. it's like it's like on those fight videos on YouTube when the dude gets knocked out and he's laying on the concrete, and the dude keeps punching <laughs> his face. He just keeps punching his face.
3: No, this is like his friend walking by and just kicking <laughs> him like that's... All it is right now. We get it.
1: <laughs> All right. So Sable would be attacked on an episode of Raw by the Mass Spider Lady, uh, which I imagine as an old cat lady, but with thirteen spiders, which is way creepier. I do not like spiders.
2: But that's old throwback to the the original uh, we Montreal Screwjob. Yeah, yeah. right, were you going to touch on that? Sorry. Well, we
1: can. Uh, I was going to actually bring that up whenever we cover Bruno Sammartino, because I think he had the original Screwjob. And if you don't know about that, uh, we'll talk Ooh, about Ooh, good it tease. Brudo. We'll
2: talk about both on Yeah, Brudo. there we go. <laughs> All right.
1: So uh, the oddities come out to pull the spider lady uh, off of Sable because at this point they were kind of friends through the angle. Uh, and in the scuffle, the mask gets pulled out, and it turns out to be... It's Luna. It's, uh, a, it's
3: Luna. The
2: Shockmaster. <laughs>
1: <laughs> God damn it. Be, I wish if I could rewrite history.
3: Which, by the way, like Spider Lady is like uh, a character that's used on the indies. and there's Still? M- really? Oh, there's multiple different Spider Ladies no, no, out there. It's like, uh, so like Spider Lady is like the masked assassin. Uh, uh, the female version of right, masked right, assassin. Right, 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 so. right,
2: right. That's good. Good trivia right here.
1: So uh, this led to a leather strap match at the 1999 Royal Rumble. And part of the storyline leading up to the Royal Rumble is that Luna was repeatedly attacked by a crazy Sable fan who was Tori of DX fame. And that was her debut into WWF. Hmm. Leading, leading up to the Royal Rumble, Luna would also face the legendary Gilbert. Gilbert. And Luna would beat Gilberg, giving him his first loss in his defeated streak.
2: I want to point out that uh, in my notes I wrote that uh, Luna was the first one to beat Gilberg. And she also has a pin over Jim fucking Cornette. So so take that. Gilberg and Jim Cornette. Who else has that record? (laughs) So before
1: the Rumble, Luna attacked Sable on Heat, the pre-show of the Royal Rumble. And they tease that Sable would forfeit the title, but instead, Sable comes out, they do the match anyways, and after a little Tory interference, Sable would win, and aside from taking a very gentle backbreaker, Sable again wouldn't take a single bump. So at this point, Luna, one of the great women's wrestling uh, wrestlers, especially of this era, um, still hadn't got a goddamn title run. Uh, However, she was scheduled to get the belt on a minimum of three different occasions, but Sable conveniently forgot to bring the belt to those shows because she is the fucking worst.
2: Uh, I mean, second worst tops.
1: So, uh, Luna was supposed to get another title shot at St. Valentine's Day Massacre, but the match never happened, apparently due to Luna getting into a fight with Sable backstage. Uh, I don't know if it was physical or verbal. So after this, Luna would try and fail a couple title shots at Ivory. And her last WWF appearance that I found was 1999 Survivor Series with Luna, Jacqueline, Tori, Ivory losing to Debra, Mae Young, Mula, and Tori. And you're going to think I'm making a joke here, but that match was rated a negative one and a half stars, which I've heard about and I've never actually Came across it. It's not even a dud. Yeah, it's, it's, it, was, it was marked red. It was negative one and a half stars. So, Jesus. Alright, um, so there's a couple different stories of why Luna got let go from WWF. There was a backstage fight with Sable and or Mark Merrow. Uh, screaming matches with Blackjack, Lanza, and Jacqueline. No. And the story Luna tells uh, on uh, one of the shoot interviews she does <clears throat> is backstage Luna was play fighting with a WWE producer and the producer shot a spitball into Luna's hair as a gag. Uh, Luna wraps her in tape and they both kind of laugh about it. But because of a very strict uh, talent and production crew separation that they're never supposed to interact, two days later Luna was let go from the WWF. So My best guess is that it's a combination of all those things. Because from what I heard, Luna uh, was kind of coming apart at the seams at this time. And there are a lot of people who describe Luna as this sweet, really awesome person. And then she'd have these blips on the radar of losing her temper, or going nuts, or being a drama queen, or an asshole. And that is classic, undiagnosed bipolar, which she would later be diagnosed with. So it's like, how mad can you be at her? She was literally sick and unmedicated. Um, But no matter what story you go on, towards the end of 1999, Luna was let go from the WWF, and that would be the last time she'd ever be back. Uh, After leaving the WWF, Luna managed gang rail and wrestled in the indies all over the world, including a 2002 match in Australia with Jerry Lawler on commentary, where uh, Luna faced her husband, Vampire Warrior, or Gangrel. And uh, if you watch the match, Luna's fighting Gangrel. Uh, he's trying not to fight back. It's that whole kind of thing. She hits him with a baking sheet, uh, some tongs to the balls,
2: yeah, and finally
1: her wedding ring.
2: Uh, there's a, there's wedding cake slam spots. Yeah. To, yeah, she gets slammed into her own wedding cake.
1: And uh, uh, eventually Gangrel hits Luna with that beautiful fucking plant DDT he did. The and, Impaler. Yeah, and uh, he wins the match. Uh, in, to, in 2006, Gangrel and Luna would have some real troubles and they would uh, end up getting divorced, which breaks my heart. Yeah, right? Um, they were but, supposed to make it. I know, right? Uh, but Gangrel said they did remain close friends, they which was, I guess a little silver lining. Um, on June 9th, 2007, Luna became the first Great Lakes championship wrestling ladies champion defeating tna's tracy brooks in uh, december of 07 luna announced her retirement and her last match was on december 7th and she'd once again face tracy brooks for the glcw ladies championship luna would hit tracy with that swinging breaker, a luna bomb and win the match and retire as champion. When she officially retired from pro wrestling, she worked as a tro- as a tow truck operator in Port Ritchie, Florida, because, of course, <laughs> like what else? would? I mean,
2: to- the fact that no one signed up a reality show <laughs> yeah, for that, that would have been gold. They have fucking tow truck, uh, like reclaim, it's like one of the shittiest uh, reality shows, but you get an ex-pro wrestler to be that and do that job, that's a reality show. What are you doing, people? <laughs> You parked in a toes toe zone. <laughs>
1: like, he's just like, Jesus, lady, okay. Uh, Jim Ross said that she, Luna hoped that being off the road and working a regular job would give her a little time to you know, be with her family, live a normal life for the first time. Uh, in April of 09, Luna was honored at the 44th Annual Cauliflower Alley uh, Club reunion where she was given the Women's Wrestling Award And all four members of the Vashon wrestling family have been honored by the Cauliflower Alley Club, which we talked about on our Brick House Brown episode. I highly suggest you check them out. Maybe throw a little money there. Which
2: came out two weeks ago. (laughs) So uh, on
1: a much sadder note, in December of 2009, Luna's house was destroyed by a fire. And she lost not just all your normal everyday things and keepsakes that would traumatize us, but she also lost all her wrestling memorabilia. Oh, God. How did I miss that part? Uh, you just wish Bam Bam was there to save everything. <laughs> it's just a fire. I save things. No big deal. I'm Bam Bam Bigelow. I go into fires to save things. There
2: should have been six young
3: children in that house. Listen, I've had flames on my, my, on my body for most of my life. Like... <laughs>
2: I'm second degree, was third
1: degree?
3: Real or fake flames <laughs> that are sewn on my gear, I've, I've always just... I got I'm them used
1: on my win.
2: car, too.
3: Yeah, I'm used to it.
1: <laughs> so, led by Mick Foley, a lot of wrestlers and fans would mail Luna uh, Luna-related wrestling memorabilia, which is that's very nice. It mm-hmm. is, but it's still sad. Yeah. So, Mick Foley also suggested that TNA bring Luna in to manage, but uh, Luna said that she had retired... And if this were a movie, this would be Mick luring her in with one last heist, the big score, oh. the one that would let them all retire. And then Luna would go through with it, and when they broke into the safe, it would just be working for TNA in 2010, which was not the best year. And
2: I want to say that's like 43% on Rotten Tomatoes, um, <laughs> 53 on IMDb.
1: Yeah, <laughs> who, who, who would be her? Um, a gritty, a Jennifer, Mickey, also, Mickey Rourke. No, Jennifer
2: <laughs> Jennifer fucking Jason Lee would destroy Luna Vachon. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, one of the best actresses ever.
1: Mm. I don't know who that is. God, you suck. <laughs> and all right, here's thing. Here's where things get truly sad. Um, on the morning of August 27, 2010, Luna Vachon was found dead by her mother in Pasco County, Florida. She was only 48 years old. Uh.
2: It's not, that, it's not that far from me.
1: So, uh, according to uh, the District 6 Medical Examiner's Office in Florida, she died of an overdose of oxycodone mm-hmm. and benzodiazepine. Now, a lot of wrestlers, uh, like Luna, fight long battles with pills, and uh, she even went to rehab for it in June of '09. But even with the proper help, treatment and dedication, once that part of your brain is hooked, it that's a hard thing. Yeah, right. I mean, it's a hard thing to shake. And the benzodiazepam was probably for her bipolar, which at this point had been diagnosed. Uh, her death is just another one of those accidental ODs that you hear about a lot in pro wrestling and it's tragic and it's sad and you just wish she would have beat it. But um, after her death Luna was cremated, and her ashes would join Andre the Giant's ashes and Andre's ranch in Ellerby, North Carolina. All right, so I gave my thoughts on Sable's influence on women's wrestling. Uh, I'd like to flip it and hear your guys' thoughts on Luna's influence on women's wrestling.
3: Well, I mean, I mentioned earlier about, like, you know, maybe there was a direct connection from Sue Young's turn to the undead you know, <laughs> that was bride, good. I that was great. You know, just just out of a slap, because <laughs> because it was because it because it was, it happened in Shine, which is a Florida-based women's promotion. So it so was probably totally some, in the zeitgeist. Is that pro- shit. Probably in that, but um also too, I think about. um um Jessica Havoc uh, I think she even wrestled Luna Vashon She definitely posted an Instagram picture of her And Luna Vashon having like a match And she you know Had a very nice Instagram post And I was almost thinking about reaching out But I, I read the Instagram post again and I'm like nah this kind of covers everything she would have said um, So if you just go to Jessica Havoc's Instagram There's a picture of her wrestling Luna And you know Jessica starting off in her very early career She had a lot of ups and downs And for someone like Luna Vashon to reach out and help someone like Jessica, who is a a big part of female wrestling today just goes to show how willing Luna was to give her body to, you know, some of the newer and younger talent and you, and she's not, she's not bitter and jaded about it uh, after her experiences with Sable. She's like, I still want to give, I still want to make this newer generation better. And, and there's, I think there's even like a video mm-hmm. release of Luna Vashon in the ring and her helping teach people. So like, even though they she wasn't the ring in series,
2: that's on my yeah, yeah. Even,
3: even though mm-hmm. she's, you know, was retired, she still wanted to help. She still wanted it to get better. I know she was very much involved in like WSU in the early days. Like she'd be, I think she was even like around and like was around for some people's matches and you know would would watch matches and would contribute and like tell them what to work on what not to work on and um, you know i just you know I got a couple you know, is it, can I to tell some of the stories i got or yeah, we yeah, save go that ahead. for later yeah, so you like, like, do your thing and then you can you
1: do it now or save it for okay i mean
3: cuz I, I you know i, I, I said i always I, for these these you know podcasts i was trying to re- go around and do some research I get some idea of the individuals but not just female wrestling just in wrestling in general a good friend of mine uh, mike lee who works at the high spots office who was a wrestler for a long time one of george south students actually got to wrestle luna vachon in 2005 and mike lee <laughs> is the nicest person on the planet and he like just when i was asking him about luna vachon he was just like he goes, that woman hit me harder than any man has ever hit me before in my entire life. But the thing that it struck him about her was that she gave him nothing but respect. Right. Like they were wrestling at some sort of
2: church mm-hmm. show
3: in the middle of nowhere. and
2: That didn't need to matter to
3: her. Didn't need to matter to her. And she had no idea who Mike Lee was before she walked into the building. But she was absolutely utterly respectful to him asked what do you want to do what are you good at hey right. why don't we do yeah. this and it, you know just it, the fact that even late that late in her career after all the experiences she, had, she still wanted this person to look good and yep. still wanted you know wrestling to be in a good place and that's always the person she was but you know she like I said she did struggle through her demons and the her bipolar yep. issues and i even saw that at the cauliflower alley club um, which, it ended up being a funny story and and actually got me to know Luna a little bit. Um, but it was a complete accident. Um, we were at the Cauliflower Alley Club and my good friend, Charlie Dreamer, who also worked for High Spots. Oh, fuck. Yeah, Charlie's the best. Uh, yeah, Charlie, yeah. Best father in the world. <laughs> and best husband in the world. But Charlie, you know, nice, nice dude. We were at the Cauliflower Alley Club and Charlie was walking to go get some coffee And he was, I can't remember who he was walking with, uh, but they were walking down the hallway. Like, it was just two guys walking like this in one direction, and Luna was coming in the other direction. And at the time, Charlie was dating uh, a girl who was... Wild. uh, Not necessarily a girl who you... Yeah, it wasn't the best relationship that he had with this girl. And he was, was you know, trying to get some consolement from this guy he was walking with and Luna just independently was walking in the opposite direction she was walking into the convention Charlie and this other guy were walking out of the convention and Charlie was talking about some of his domestic issues and the phrase oh fuck her came out of his mouth and he was obviously talking in an opposite direction or he was looking for. but Luna heard that thought that charlie had said oh fuck her and was referring to her (laughs) she had kind of like knew that she was that charlie was at our table she's kind of upset about told like butcher vachon and and, and, and some other vachons that were over there and then she finally like somebody brought luna over like why don't you go talk to these guys that like that guy's been a you know, their table all weekend. And she came over and told a story and like, this guy who's been at your table basically saw me in the hall and said, oh, fuck her. And then I, knowing Charlie's in a bad relationship, I go, oh no, I guarantee he wasn't talking to you. He was talking to whoever he was with and Charlie just walked up at this time. But meanwhile, this is going on Butcher Vashon is getting up and walking towards the oh, table like he's barred it. Cuz he sees him walk in and then I go Char- and like Charlie just walked on like just all happy. like hey what's going on guys and like like Luna's still a little hot little red still got <laughs> still got the anger in her eyes but I think I've calmed it down enough. I go Charlie so I cut him off before he comes over and he's like all smiles like Charlie were you talking about your girlfriend as you were walking out oh, by the way Lord. yeah you know and he goes yeah you know she was technical last night and all that stuff i goes well luna thought you when you said oh fuck her <laughs> And, he, yeah. and, and Charlie immediately realized, Oh, fuck. No, hold oh, no. Immediately put... His, his eyes went huge. Immediately put his arms around a lo- Luna, I think for two purposes. Yeah. One, let her know that he loves her and adores her. Also, two, to prevent her from throwing a punch. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes... If you hug
2: someone, they can't punch good.
3: Yeah, exactly. If
2: you it's put a your, boxing
3: trophy. If you put your arms around them and say, Oh, no, dear God, I love you with all my heart, <laughs> they probably won't kill you. And we and ended up all getting a big laugh out of it and for the rest of the weekend that's fucking awesome Luna was an absolute sweetheart would come over and be like hey I'm gonna get some coffee you guys need anything (laughs) and like I was like oh dear god no I'll go get something for you right now and she's just and then every time I saw her ever since then nothing but fantastic just wonderful individual and I told that story to close on this story uh, that I got from George South and Ooh. this takes the cake of all the background <laughs> stories on Luna Vachon. Um, and I, and I, I can kind of place when this happened. I think this was about 94, 95, during that, that hiatus from WWE. Yeah, yeah. Between after the, Bam Bam. But, but, yeah, after Bam Bam. Um, George, George South and Italian Stallion, they used to run <laughs> shows all the time. And they used to do a lot of high school shows in West Virginia. And they used to do a lot of military base shows well they had this military base show um in florida and so they're going to florida and they they knew um gang was down there and luna was down there and they're like oh we'll you know let's get let's get david and luna i'll come in we'll we'll have them wrestle and stuff like that and, and george always talks about like that luna did so much for the black hearts because like you know the black hearts were a thing like you know George and Stallion would use them as well all the time because she she did more for them than than anybody else did. Like the, you know like she helped get them bookings all the time. Right. You know she's always going out of her way, and George always said that you know Luna was such a great wrestler, but her character was so good it was always overshadowed. And George talks about some matches that yeah, Luna that Luna, Luna had against uh, Bambi who is a fantastic female wrestler.
2: I think there's a YouTube match. Also. Yeah. George was like,
3: those matches were so good. that She gives I'd put those against any matches anywhere by anybody. But her character was so good that you almost forgot how it's good of so a wrestler true. she was. That's, that's such a good point. But anyways, the, the match, the head booked at this Naval base in Florida was George South, Italian stallion versus vampire warrior and Luna Vachon. <laughs> um, Italian stallions, uh, uh, Finisher move or a big move that he always do would be the press slam. Now I don't know if you guys have seen the mechanics of the press slam. You got the one hand.
2: Salted warrior thing.
3: Yeah, yeah. You, you get the one and hand on the them. chest and Penis. just just by man Penis. mechanics. Genis. You got your hand on somebody's gulus. Basically, <laughs> that's basically the way you got to hold them. You can put your hand on the thigh, but it's not going to be sturdy. Yep. But right. you got you got to just go. I mean. you gotta
2: gotta do it a
3: few months ago some guy just got a handful of my dick and balls (laughs) and I just I had to go with it and he like grabbed me tossed me in there caught me and then slammed me down and I'm just like one of those things it's just one of those things that's how wrestling is is some dude just gotta grab you by your dick and by your chest and then put you. and they call it homophobic and it's just you gotta you just gotta go with. homoerotic my bad it it, sometimes it doesn't feel uh, very good and it hurts and it's just the (laughs) way it is but that's just the mechanics how it goes. You can't grab the thigh because you're going to drop the guy. And if you're up there, you'd rather have the guy grab your dick and balls. It's a safety thing. As opposed to your thigh. Yeah. Now, you're going to have a talent stallion, Oh man, Yeah. Uh, shoot Luna Vachon off. And, and then go for the press slam.
2: Oh, boy.
3: Now, Luna Vachon didn't appreciate this very much. no, no. <laughs> It's such um, a good
2: opener to what's coming.
3: And there is a quote that I'm going to say that I didn't hear the full quote. So when I say the quote, I'm going to say it in Luna's voice. And I'm going to put in the word that I think she said. Okay. And keep in mind, this this was said very loudly <laughs> in on a naval base.
2: With eight-year-olds in the front
3: audience, with families <laughs> and everything else, and with that voice, keep right. that with that yeah. voice. No, voice so I'm going to do the voice, and I'm going to now say what Luna Vachon said when Italian Stallion had her up in the air for a press slam. Get your hands off my pussy. <laughs> 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 when that, oh god, when that was said with that voice. Italian stallion immediately, gently set Luna Bishon down. That's impressive. Without dropping her, just set her back down on her feet. Yeah. And he wow, looked, on her feet? On her feet. Wow. Stopped everything, gently <laughs> set her down. Yeah, and I was like, what a reversal. What a reversal. Set her down on her feet went over to tag George into the match George hopped off the apron and said I am not getting in there with that woman because that boy, George said to this day that voice being yelled so loudly was the scariest thing he's ever heard in his entire life
2: the announcers yet again still going, she must have watched tape on this.
3: It, it was such a traumatic incident. George says he doesn't remember how the match ended. Right, right. right. <laughs> who who they, won? Who knows? He, George is like, I think he just set her down and we all just walked.
2: <laughs> I think that's I think that's what happened. They sent Luna down. Everyone tapped. We all went home. And he goes, I'm
3: pretty sure that's how it looked. <laughs> like, I, I, I still don't know to this day.
2: Oh, my fucking God. So
3: those are the Luna stories that I have.
2: <laughs> that was beautiful. Paul. Final thoughts on Luna Vachon, Mike. Go. Um, yet again, I feel like just, I write so many notes when I do this stuff, I feel like I just need to give people more heads up that might not make the list. Uh, there's a YouTube clip where she beats the shit of, out of Babu, which is Tyler Ali Singh's assistant. It's a heat match. It's not a match. It's a beatdown from hell. <laughs> she just beats the shit out of him. That's a good one. Um, there is a YouTube clip. It's titled WWE Star Luna Vachon Rest in Peace. She's at, she's at sometimes a charity event, and there's this little kid, and she cuts a promo on this little kid for this charity event that is just beautiful. It's mad, it's angry, but it's the most kind-hearted, just like, she's she's doing work for this. It, it's so good. Um, one of my favorite, uh, there's a YouTube promo, I can't remember the line. She says, Using mere words to describe me is like using a screwdriver to cut roast beef. I don't know what that means exactly, and I'm an English major, but it's bit stuck in my stuck in my craw um she has a great quote in uh in the the video store kinda YouTube shoot where Abdullah the butcher told her the people are smart were the marks
1: yeah, I love that quote That's
2: and I, I, I mean it's basically like you know we go out here, we don't have sad cards, we don't have an insurance, we do all this shit just for the love, and I'm sure. Jake and Truth, yeah. <laughs> George
3: always says the biggest marks are in the dressing room,
2: right? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, the thing I do want to say when watching all these promos, Luna talked about how from the age of three she wanted to be WWF champ, and it's just she in in the, in the second shoot interview I watched she cries with how much passion she has and how much she wants it. And watching all these matches, doing research, it fucking hurt to see how like. Not to crap on any of the other female wrestlers, but like Ivory and everybody else just winning the belt. And all Luna wanted once was just to win the fucking belt once. Even if it's for a week or anything. If it's a, if it's a pay-per-view win and then she loses on Raw, she didn't give a shit. She just wanted to win that belt once and just how much passion and passion and how much she wanted it, it just it, it oozed from the screen. And just how much Luna would be proud of all How Charlotte Flair, like Nick mentioned, and how Saucer Banks, and how elevated, like Hell in a Cell matches, and how much respect, and how much athleticism and drama, and everything has been given to the female division. Luna would be fucking weeping. She would love this shit. She was so happy and just glad that it elevated this point, and it it was pretty cool. It It was pretty cool to see what it's become and how much Luna wanted this to be, so... Yeah, I don't know what to say. I'm an idiot.
3: <laughs> no, I, I, like I said, I, I I think you nailed it, Micah. That's I, I think that's well, how she'd feel. You know, she was. You know, I always say, you know, it's great that we WWE has got to this place and women's wrestling has got to this place, but unfortunately, there are a lot of bodies and careers along the way and unfortunately luna Vashon was one of those and i that, that's that's why i like that we're doing this podcast to take a second to think about those people and luna Vashon is for sure one of those people they're they're pioneers of this wrestling business that get forgotten about all the time and luna Vashon was sure one of those people and you're, you're absolutely right you know she would be moved beyond belief for the place it is and and, and that's why I think she should always be remembered because it meant that much to her, and that means a lot to me as somebody who's has that much passion for it as well. So
1: I, I'm gonna piggyback on that too. Um, one thing that kept popping up to me with every Luna article I read, or promo, or match I watched, even just you know being going to the gym or or being at work and thinking about Luna uh, while I was trying to cover this episode, it fucking breaks my heart that yeah. she doesn't get to see what women's wrestling is right now in NXT and WWE, TNA, all around the world and all the great work these women right now are doing. Uh, it's, all, it's like all she ever wanted. It's all she fought for. And I think she carried... This level of guilt that she didn't do it uh, during her career. That she didn't turn women's wrestling into, in, into what it is today. As a professional wrestler, Luna was absolutely the total package. I mean, uh, she had the look. She had the in-ring ability. Uh, I will say she is the greatest female mic worker of all time.
2: The metal promo is seriously I, I, I dare amazing. anyone <laughs>
1: to to even rival her. Every promo was at Every 10. promo. Fucking just crushed it. She was so effortlessly badass. So believable. Uh, she loved wrestling like Candido loved wrestling. I mean, it was... She was consumed by it and... I don't know. Again, it, it breaks my heart. She was just a, a decade too early. No. Yeah. Um... But uh, I think she is appreciated. She was needed, and she's missed. And it is beyond mind-blowing. It is a fucking joke that she's not in the WWE Hall of Fame. Oh yeah. As meaningless as the WWE Hall of Fame can be with fucking Kid okay. Rock and Donald Trump in it. Pete Rose. It is disgusting that Luna Vachon is not in the fucking WWE Hall of Fame. <laughs> it, 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 it takes away from the entire thing. For for her to not be in it with her contributions, not just to women's wrestling but to professional wrestling. Uh, I guess we'll wrap up. Uh, we're Tim Bell Pod on all the social medias. Uh, if you like this, please leave a review. Uh, that helps us. It helps us keep going. Um, I am Nicolesa on all the social medias. Micah is Jay Trotter twenty seven on. T-
2: did Twitter, you, fuck, did you tr- fuck up Twitter <laughs> you nailed the right thing and then you're like oh, yeah. I did it buddies oh God, uh, oh, God. Uh, so
1: follow him if you want to read about MMA and movies and occasionally pro wrestling uh, Jake Manning is man Scout Manning on all the social medias including YouTube where you can find us
2: um, this is Tim Bell pod and just what Luna's whole thing was she kind of messed she admitted it uh, her voice is from the throat. She should have been doing it from the diaphragm, she admitted that, but once the cup, once it was broken, it was all throwed all the way, so do it from the diaphragm, people. <laughs>